Hello, everybody. Welcome to Franchise Film Freaks. I'm your host, Ladies Man Two One Seven, and with me, as always, is—is is there another username? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, I'm a uh, Optimus Prime. <laughs> I guess I should use it more. I am Optimus Prime, and with your human God-given freedom, you have chosen to listen to this great podcast. <laughs> And I will always defend you with my dying breath. Thank you. <laughs> and and we are here to talk about the Transformers. Um, Jacob, I would like to start this off with, I said that I was frustrated that you chose this franchise last podcast. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll grow on me. Who knows? Maybe it'll have fun. It was not fun. It was a tough watch. It was a tough watch. And I blame you for that. Yeah. Yes, and I said, the thing is, I did not pick these because they were good. I said that these are movies. These are, this is like the modern American franchise. This has, I think, ushered in, um, because this first one came out in 2007. I think this modern age of of franchise blockbusters has sort of been ushered in by this specifically, and these were hugely popular. Multiple movies grossed over a billion dollars. Um, and I think that a lot of the trends that you start to see started here in terms of CGI, in terms of product placement, in terms of trying to appeal to the Chinese. And I think that because of that, these are instructive in, in an interesting way about American cinema, even if they are mostly pretty unwatchable movies. I think that, you know, I mean, my initial thoughts are these movies particularly the first five. Bumblebee really is an exception, I think, in this franchise. The first five, to me, my issues with them are all the same. And I also think not they're, a lot... They're basically all the same movie. Yeah, I was going to say. They're basically, from a plot perspective and from almost every single perspective in the whole movie, the, the way that they're built, they're, they're basically almost identical. So, with, with that said... Let's just let's just go through the the plots for all of them okay. just quickly. So why don't you start us off with what what is the plot of the first one? Basically, you, Shia LaBeouf's character is called Sam Witwicky. He is a high school student, and he the movie opens and he's trying to like sell these old artifacts, which is I I couldn't tell if this was funny or not or just bad writing, but he's like he's giving this this presentation on his grandfather at his school and he's like oh and by the way my grandfather has all this cool stuff and you can buy it and he's like trying to sell these like weird artifacts um that his grandfather had so he can buy a car and eventually he although and see the writing is bad from the beginning because he doesn't sell any of them and then he immediately goes and buys the car (laughs) so why are you trying to sell all this to fund the car if you already have enough money to buy the car so, and that's just like, that's, that's the writing. That's, all of this is written like that. And so... In, the, in defense of that particular situation, I think his dad bought him the car. But his dad was always going to buy him the car. His dad was going to oh, yeah. front some amount of money, <laughs> and then he had to pay some other amount. I or, guess that's or something true. like that. Yeah. But so anyway, they go, they buy the car, um, and it's Bumblebee. Bumblebee is a Transformer. And Sam Witwicky is the chosen one. Um, you find out that his grandfather... Um, was an explorer and that he knew Megatron through his explorations and that Sam Witwicky's grandfather's glasses are like the secret key to unlocking 
some transformer relic that's going to blow up the universe there's a lot of those because every <laughs> single movie has that plot point that you need to find the thing that lets you get the thing that's going to blow up the universe and the autobots have to get it before the decepticons um that's, yeah, a, that's so, a very so that's 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 what happens in this one i don't like i said i, I honestly can't even remember what it is in this one um and it's, so it's like the big cube thing oh the cube the cube <laughs> I, I actually love the cube the cube is is it's so funny because there's no it's like the lowest effort thing in the world and M michael bay the plots in these movies are so low effort he doesn't try at all it's like what there's a cube that's what it is it's just a it's just a square you can't even it's like so it's like shape it's it obviously has a shape but it's like so meaningless it's just a cube we're, we're fighting for a cube and then and then it's with megatron the entire time because he's yeah. in the same building as the cube and then they it's yeah. it's so dumb um transformers 2 i i honestly all, all of these run together so, so much that i'm now like i feel like i'm spacing on what transformers 2 transform is uh that's the one i know that's the what's, one with the what's big, the revenge of the fall Revenge of the Fallen, which is another thing we should bring up. These all have names that are going yeah. out of their way to try to be like as metal as possible, but and like they're in, pretty corny. They're so corny. In one of them, like the Transformers Three, Dark of the Moon, and the whole time, in every time they mention Dark of the Moon, in they say Dark Side of the Moon every single time in the script like yeah. in that movie it, they'd never say dark of the moon they just say dark side of the moon but i think they just didn't want to do that because like pink floyd right. or whatever but the calling dark of the moon to like avoid that is horrible it's weird it's, it's, it's very so dumb. Yeah. but so so yeah so, so transformers 2 they have to go to egypt to um to stop the it's Megatron, uh, who's like getting the Decepticons there, but and then Megatron's bosses. So this is great. There's this implication with the title that the Fallen. There's like these dead Transformers, and you're gonna bring them back to life, and they're gonna have an epic Transformers war with these ancient Transformers. And it's like, what are those? This is intriguing. But the Fallen is just one guy. Yeah, his <laughs> name is the Fallen. He's like, I am the Fallen, right? And he's and like Megatron's boss, basically. He was like the the original Transformer that was the original yeah. bad one and then he like didn't make it <laughs> like yeah. he like fucked up and uh there's a there's a, some sort of hidden device located underneath the pyramids um and there's a scene i don't this one like is like to me an unintentional like masterpiece <laughs> where like these it's like two cgi transformers and it's directed in this horrifying way that it's impossible to tell what's going on. The action sequences in these movies are mostly pretty bad uh, because Michael Bay doesn't. It's I don't I don't know what he likes about this. He doesn't. He, the action sequences are like uh, edited insanely, and it's impossible to tell what's going on. And he does the shaky camera, and so you have all of that going on with two transformers fighting on top of the pyramid, one of humanity's greatest achievements. And they just destroy it, <laughs> rolling around on top of the pyramid. And who comes out on top? Optimus Prime. The Transformers win, and art is destroyed. <laughs> I thought I thought that that was very symbolic, and uh, I don't I don't think that that's that Michael Bay was trying to make a statement about himself being the you know 
soul destructor of American cinema, but I think that that's that's what you get there. But it but it comes back. He does it maybe intentionally in uh, Transformers Four when they're going to the, Mark Wahlberg's with the guy going to pick up. Uh, he's with T.J. Miller, and they're going to the movie theater. And the movie theater guy's like, oh, it's all sequels and reboots yeah. these days. And it's like literally the fourth Transformer exactly. that has like, you know, one of the biggest budgets of all of these. That, oh, man. Okay. But let's get, let's okay. go back to back. I, I have a problem with that. Okay. Go ahead. But we'll, we'll Not go, with what you said, with that, with the movie theater story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that, but, but Dark of the Moon, okay. the, the third one. So they, this starts out almost interesting. Yeah. No, I, my first note on this was this, this could be yes. a good movie. And it's <laughs> right. So, so in this, the, the, the idea here is, and this is one that they return to later on is essentially that there are certain historical events that actually are defined by the Transformers and their secrets and the government covered it up because we're not ready for the Transformers to be public. And this one is that a Transformer crashed onto the moon. And so what we did was we sent Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins, Michael Collins, to the moon so that they could... uh, sort of investigate and take samples and see what it is and that's why we had to beat the Russians there was because the Russians were going to get it and they were going to you know do who knows what so we had to get it first and this is kind of like the beginning of I think the Transformers basically trying to copy X-Men Okay. That like is you know how X Men like it's like the, oh mutants were here all along. Right. JFK the was a, yeah. JFK sure. was a mutant and uh, that was like the whole reason why he was assassinated like like and I didn't like that because I I felt like like it it does I didn't put that together. It does make for an interesting thing, but it's like I'd rather just watch the X Men movies, right. which are also not like known for being phenomenal movies. But I think they're so much more entertaining yeah. because they're just they're actually they're stories <laughs> where yeah. this is like so yes. Yeah, so I mean, so they go to the they it it's basically they bring back the guy they, they're, the Transformers were like that's the guy that's the Prime that was supposed yes. to be here and they go to Sentinel the Sentinel Prime Sentinel Prime and they go and they retrieve him and they, they wake him up and then twist he's actually a bad guy he's a bad guy he, uh, is, he betrays the Autobots and works with Megatron uh, Megatron dies in everyone and is brought <laughs> back he just they, they, initially it's like a plot point where they're like oh what we have to bring Megatron back and then they just they just stop addressing it I think in the third or fourth one they're just like he, he just responds he just comes back <laughs> so yeah Megatron is in every single one even though he dies in every single one and well uh, but then uh, anyway oh yeah so, so they so then they fight Sentinel Prime yes. with Megatron. And his this one it's called the the pillars. They have yep. these pillars, and the pillars are going to bring planet Cybertron, which is the Autobots' home planet, to Earth, so that they can turn humans into slaves and rebuild Cybertron. <laughs> it's that's such a dumb premise. I it, think <laughs> it's stupid. It's extremely stupid. But that is that's the way that I think Michael Bay comes up with these ideas for his movies. Yes, but but then uh, you know they destroy Chicago, um, yes. and and apparently, apparently this was like while this was happening, we're supposed to assume that the rest of the world humanity doesn't know about the Autobots but they've been fucking shit up for two whole movies yeah. publicly 
in streets. Like, like yeah, they're coming it's, from the sky. It's wild. Like, it's not subtle at all. It's yeah. like a prolonged 15-minute battle scene with multiple explosions on a highway in a busy city. And it's like, what? That's, yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, three movies later, humans don't know about this. Yeah. It, you ruined it. Keep it secret. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like <laughs> Optimus Prime roller skated past ten thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god! It's uh, but yeah. So that's so that ends the trilogy, the the original trilogy, the Sam Witwicky trilogy. Yeah. That I yes. am excited to dive into. But then we cut to four, um, Age of Extinction, um, which has Mark Wahlberg now as the main guy, and his it's him and his daughter. Um, there's not really as much of a love interest type deal like Shia LaBeouf had Megan Fox, and then the blonde girl I forget the, the her name. The other one, yeah, the the not Megan Fox yeah. character that's supposed to be Megan Fox. She's British. Yeah, yeah, she is British, and and so the Transformers four. So I wanted to return to this scene so in the very beginning so mark Wahlberg plays this like inventor he's like a texas redneck inventor mad scientist or something the character is completely incongruous and it doesn't make any sense why like a cowboy guy would be an inventor anyway so he goes and 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 what michael bay is like okay we need to write in a scene where he encounters the transformer right and so it's very common car dealership or a junkyard right and so what Michael Bay comes up with with this one, completely given up, is a movie theater. <laughs> Optimus Prime, as a truck, is inside of a movie theater. Why? <laughs> Why would a car be in a movie theater? How did it get there? There's, it's got two doors. You, it, it won't fit. Where are the seats? Where are the, it takes up a quarter of all of the seating in the theater. It is insane. And it's like... It's like not even trying at all. And he, I thought he wasn't trying before. <laughs> I thought he wasn't trying before. And now you have this, like I said, just in the middle of a movie theater, just a, a, a truck. I just, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> it really is. And, and, uh, and basically, I guess the thing with this one is that, uh, you know, some basically like CEO business guy, they, they are like, we have used from like Megatron basically and all the Decepticons there's been just war between the Autobots and the Decepticons and they are trying to get the technology um, to, so that they can make their own and so they make Galvatron which spoilers is just Megatron, is Megatron. <laughs> yes that's how they do it in this one yeah he they, in a completely and utterly unexplained scene you find out I'm he just becomes Megatron he just turns into Megatron I'm really excited to talk about that in a little bit yeah but so then um you know basically the only way you can stop Galvatron is you have to go back to the to the early the earliest Transformers the dinosaurs <laughs> The dinosaur transformer. The T Rex transformer who breathes fire is unbelievably sick. I think that is. I I loved that guy. I but well, I have more issues with okay. this. I I mean sure. sure. I think sure. I was my brain was so turned purely off. in terms was, of looking at a robot T Rex turn into a guy, then turn back into a T Rex, breathe fire, and then crunch another <laughs> robot's head. I can't. That's that's why I go to the Transformers movie. That's why I watch these. <laughs> and and so you know, and they so they get the legendary um, 
you know, Transformers of old to come and help fight Galvatron, and then they win. And then the fifth one, the last night. So this is another like historical thing. Yes. Yeah. And this one, it opens on this like King Arthur legend where you have King Arthur fighting this battle and they're losing and they're, he's like, well, Merlin is going to come. And it's revealed that Merlin is just some drunk idiot and he happens upon an Autobot. And uh, the Autobot, you know, is like not, you won't give him the time of day. And then Merlin gives this very sort of inspiring speech and the Autobot's like, okay, I'll give you this weapon, which is the most powerful weapon in the history of the universe. And, um, you know, he, he you just give those away. It, this, yeah. would, this would be like if some drunk guy wandered off the street and it was like, do you want a nuclear bomb? <laughs> like, you, so he gives it to him and then Merlin comes and saves the day and then you get this sort of King Arthur thing. And uh, basically... Real quick, real quick. They mention that that's like the earliest Transformer. Like, at uh, at some point in time, they're like, that was the first. Oh, okay. There were fucking dinosaurs in the, in the yeah, last movie! Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Prehistoric Transformers. Like you said, because you, you watched the dinosaurs get killed by the Transformer. Right. Right, yeah. And then they're like, he was the first Transformer in literally the next movie. Yeah. I, I was... It blows my mind. The just not even trying. Yeah, just yeah. not not even <laughs> yeah. trying at all. So you get like I said, they do a King Arthur thing, and then basically Autobots um, are on the run, like in the present yeah. day. One of the themes that comes back, they they introduce in these later ones, is that you have the humans misunderstanding the Autobots, and they think the Autobots are bad guys too, and so you have. Shia LaBeouf and Mark Wahlberg who are the good guys have to convince the rest of humanity that the Autobots actually are good and we need to be friends with Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. Right, and, and they so, spend five movies every time yeah. going, hey, they're on our side and mostly of most of the movies like, no. Yeah, they ke- it keeps <laughs> happening. Yeah, They never do anything bad. I feel like there's this like, you can set it up so that they he like shoots at someone but misses and then hits a civilian or something so that it looks but like they never even try that they just like you said they're just like the military is just this guy's bad yeah and and it like and it almost makes sense a little bit in four because they're like oh they destroyed chicago and like i i guess like you can be like that was not cool like yeah but like they destroyed chicago very clearly fighting the bad guy in right. Chicago. Like, it was right. not, you know, it's not like it was the military against Transformers. It was Autobots versus Decepticons. And maybe the ca- the casual American can't tell the difference between an Autobot and a Decepticon, but, you know... It's well, they just... have the helpfully colored eyes. Right. That's the key. The Decepticons have red eyes, and the Autobots have blue eyes. But so, you know, they basically, you know, Mark Wahlberg and now, like, this... You know the the last descendant of Merlin, who's this you know hot girl that cares way too much about Mark Wahlberg's sex life. Um, she and him have to go like reclaim Merlin's staff that was given to him by the Transformer, and then so there. This is and there's a there's a couple of like little side plots. This one this is the that's like the goddess girl. Transformer, oh, who's like right, Optimus right. yeah, Prime's yeah. creator, and she it's, needs the staff. Yeah, so, so they have to get it from her. But she's like yeah. secondary, but then becomes the main villain, right, or something. Yeah, because she makes 
Optimus Prime, she like turns him. That's why like Optimus yeah. Prime leaves Earth at the end of four to go to his home world where he's gonna meet his creators and destroy them because because he learned that like they're bad. Yeah, he was like we were created and I have to finish this. And then he shows up and he's like, "Time to die, bitch." And then she's like, "I'm your creator. You actually have to listen to me." He goes. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> really but his play. eyes change color. That's what I'm saying. His eyes are purple when he becomes Negatron Prime or whatever. <laughs> what is it? Noptimus. I don't know. Yeah, bad I, I bad guy that. Prime. <laughs> um, but and then Bumblebee calls out to him and says, "Optimus, you're my friend. I would lay down my life for you." And his eyes turn blue, and he says, "Wow, I made a mistake. I'm sorry." Yep. And then and then it comes to we gotta we gotta now save earth yes. in my own thing and he gets the the old knights the old knight transformers the big boys um and then they fight and he's got a whole gang of other transformers and and they win and that's how the movie ends i'm, I'm pretty sure honestly yep. that's basically brain was it. mush <laughs> like yeah. i no, think no, that's, that's how it ended that's mostly yeah that's mostly it yeah yeah but then um they don't let Michael Bay direct another one. Yes, we get uh, rid of Michael Bay. And 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 surprise, we have an under two hour, good, solid, fun movie about Bumblebee. And a it prequel. has it has dare I say a plot, <laughs> multiple characters, and the occasional joke. Yeah, that that was the my favorite thing. I, I was like, the comedic relief works. Yeah, it works here. Um, so I feel like you should, the way you should view this franchise is the prequel Bumblebee and call it, <laughs> call it there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, if you are, like I said, if you want to try and discern something about the business of making movies, I think that there is something you can do here, but it is kind of like staring into the sun it, it, for two and a half hours it's going to melt your brain and you should we watch these over the course of a week you need to space it out more you should never watch more than one Transformers movies probably every six months just <laughs> just for your for the sake of your brain because this will eat eat brain cells and I'm going to be honest I think they're never coming back there's you know I watched this movie now I can't remember the quadratic formula there's you know I'm, I'm, I'm so much dumber as a guy after having seen these movies um let's Let's talk now. Sure. Let's talk now about um, some of the ridiculous things throughout this franchise. I think the the biggest thing we have to note, and we talked about it a little bit at the end. I was like, I know that there's something weird going on with Megan Fox and Michael Bay in these. First off, her name is Michaela Baines. It's just Michael Bay. It's Michael Bay. I hadn't put that together. That's really <laughs> weird. Michaela Baines. And then Wow, there's got to be some pathology there. Right. Put and, on a dress, dude. And then... <laughs> and then every single time she's on the screen, and, and then basically it's continued with every, you know, female, hot female character in the thing, is while they're talking at all, it's just the camera just pans over their bodies slowly. All of the girls are positioned, in, like Megan Fox at the beginning of Transformers in, Two. Yeah. Megan Fox is particularly. Uh, and yeah, the, the it's mostly girls, with her. It's yeah, mostly the with other her. girls are are treated in a similar way, but Megan Fox is like objectified in in a way that is is uncomfortable with her yeah. lying on the car 
it oh. is a little a little much for me it my the the one where I felt the worst for her was at the beginning of Transformers 2 and she's you know detail like paint detailing a motorcycle and instead of you know I guess what you would normally do is you'd crouch down next to the motorcycle and you'd paint you know you'd be on the ground um, the motorcycle would be right in front of your face but she was basically laying down on top of the motorcycle with her ass out of the air and like hunched over so her boobs are kind of shit like yeah, resting exactly. and like I was like in what like why why yeah. would you like this is like all it is is Michael Bay is just really fucking horny yeah. and and like I don't know I just, it's it's concerning it's really concerning because he does it for basically five movies to me there is like <sighs> And I think that, like, Michael Bay has this, like, direct link to, like, the American brain in a way that, that he what he puts on the screen is, like, exactly what they want. And that's... And I think that, like, the babe thing, that's, that's part of it. I think he gets it. And I think that, like, he's like, this is what, this is what we want. But this I, is what the collective American consciousness needs is to see this girl on top of... A Camaro, basically nude, yeah, and and so I, it's like, it's insane. But I think that, like I said, that he that that is something that I guess people wanted, I, and I think that he is trying to give people that. I guess I would argue it's not what people want; it's what it's what twelve year olds, twelve year old boys want. Like there's a scene, and there's mold. Transformers Two is fucking awful. But it was, it's mostly in this movie. I have the biggest issue with this movie. Um, there's a scene where they, you know, fall out of the sky into Egypt, and Megan Fox lands face down directly on, on this dude's crotch. Yeah, and horrifying. <laughs> and, and then they commented about it. Like then they like talk about it. He's like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Like it's, ugh. And then there's the scene where uh, John Turturro is under the gigantic Decepticon thing with and he's under basically they make these they have these wrecking balls hanging down and it's meant to be like his dick and balls and he's on the phone he's like I am directly under the scrotum so <laughs> and that that can get into I think what is a larger point across the movies I feel comfortable saying this you can maybe address it if you think that's is wrong in the first five transformers movies there is not one funny joke oh i agree the movies are ridiculous and, and it tries they the it's not not funny in the way that like sophie's choice isn't funny these are it, it makes an effort to be funny it, it tells jokes yeah. they are <laughs> terrible it is it is like aggressively not funny and and also like just with little quips like they, they they do they try to pack so much into these like literally the third acts of these movies are basically just here's the final fight scene but it's the entire last hour and 15 minutes of the movie yeah. so it's like nothing but explosions and explosions and and running and all that and then he tries to also back to Transformers 2 there's like four different cuts of Megan Fox slow motion running just boobs bouncing right. there's it happens numerous times at the at the end and then he also tries to throw in he's like okay I I have my sex stuff 
in this one. Now, time to throw in some some one-liners, just some gags in the middle of all this action. Um, was it Transformers Two that he has the? They're like fighting like the big Decepticon, the military, and he calls like the Indian call center in the middle of that. That is Transformers Two. Yeah, like it's like what. In what situation would that also be a thing? Yeah, like, what, in what situation does the military yeah. need to be routed through an Indian call center to talk to the other military people? Yeah. That wouldn't happen. It doesn't, and it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's just, like, really offensive, and also... It's brutal. Yeah. It's so awkward to sit through. So, that gets to... Uh, there's another element of Michael Bay's humor that he relies on a lot that's not funny. <laughs> um, so, you, we have the Indian call center gag, but there are a lot of racial stereotypes in oh, this. Oh, yeah. The uh, oh, Transformers yeah. 2, we come back to that one because this is, <laughs> you know, I think the worst offender. But there are two in this one. It's uh, There's a robot called Mudflap and a robot, there's another one. And this th- this has been beaten to death and I've seen a lot of articles about this. But these two robots um, have gold teeth. They break dance. They speak in like 90s era Ebonics and they cannot read. There is. They ask him. I didn't actually. I don't like. I tuned that out. I, so I forgot all about a, it. There's a scene where it's like, oh, well, this is in Transformers language. Because you remember how Sam Witwicky is like seeing the, the symbols on the wall or whatever, and they're like, oh, maybe can you can translate this and like, no, nah, man, we can't read. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> you can't. You can't have this guy. And like, why does a why does a robot? That turns into a car have to have a race. Why does you? Why do you? Have and they to, all do. And yeah. and he writes. There's an Asian one. There's Irish ones. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And he make he writes it off to like make it seem like it's okay. And and honestly, I don't know anything about Transformers. I don't know anything like this is all I know. I didn't really play with the toys. I know there's a TV show. I'm sure there's comic books about it. Like I don't know the lore of Transformers. Um, so I don't know if that's always been a thing. I'm sure that it's Michael Bay's elevated it to a to an extent that doesn't need to exist for sure if it did exist previously, but he writes it off by being like, "Oh, they just adopt voices of like what they like." <laughs> like it's just like like I think there was like a New York one. Somebody was like, "Oh, are you from New York?" And he's like, "No, nah, I just like the accent." Like and it's like, "Yeah, oh, there's the there's there's a it, there's a bizarre gag with one who has a French accent." And he's like, I think that's the one that is. Yeah, that's the one. But he ha- he's like, he says he hates the French accent, but he can't get rid of it. Yeah. But he's a Lamborghini, which is Italian. <laughs> it's, it's it doesn't. It's, I don't. It's lazy writing. It doesn't make sense. I don't. I yeah. It's insane. One of the things that I think is funny that I, I do think it's funny. I think it's it might be the only time I genuinely laughed with the movie, but it's in the first Transformers. So that was 2007. So our president was George W. Bush. And they, at a point in time, are they, they have a scene that's basically, they're like, we are going to the president to tell them, I guess, about the Transformers. And you don't see his face. He's on Air Force One. And it's George W. Bush. I, well, at the time, it, I just thought it was, it was just president, right? And he's not credited as George W. Bush. But in a real southern accent, he goes, will you wrestle me up some ding-dongs? <laughs> <laughs> But I loved that. And I was like, holy shit, he's making fun of George W. Bush. And then in the next one, in 2009, when Transformers 2 came out, Obama was our president. And then they make, in like, you hear, you know, it's all these, like, radios going, like, oh, like, 
this is what's happening in the news right now. Like, it's these Transformers. And they made a comment about Obama specifically. They're like, Obama is has to be safe or, or something like that. Um, so I was like, so that does make it canon that these are the real presidents and that that was George W. Bush, and I liked that. That's so interesting. I, <laughs> I didn't notice Obama. I did pick up on the Bush thing, though. I, I So I did, I did think that was funny. Um, this uh, Transformers 1, I think, was probably, besides Bumblebee, of the Michael Bay movies, I think Transformers 1 is the best one. Sort of the uh, least it's, offensive. It's, it's the least offensive, and it's also... Like the things that the the decisions that it makes in its writing, like that's awful. I think are funny. Like the in the in the car in the used car lot that he Sam Witwicky gets Bumblebee. Did you notice that there's a petting zoo oh, in I the that. in the <laughs> there's a that's petting weird. zoo in the in the the car lot like. <laughs> I did like, not see that. I was like, "Why is there a petting zoo here? Like, what, in what world? In what world would they, with this like it's shitty? It's a shitty car lot, right? Like, the guy right. lives like it's like basically next to his house. I don't know. Like, his mom lives just right next to it in a house. Maybe he lives there too, and maybe this was a family business at a point in time. But in what world are you like? This is how you get people to come." To my used car lot. Look, we'll put you in got a petting used zoo. cars. You got goats. <laughs> Combination used car petting zoo, dude. Yeah. So um, I wanted to. There's another thing that really, really works against these movies. I think it's it's maybe the thing that is the single, like most horrifying part of watching these movies is that. I think the shortest one is two hours and 20 minutes. It's Transformers 1. Yeah, and they are routinely over that. Transformers 5 is, or 4. 4 is 2 hours and 45 minutes. 45. These movies are brutal to watch. They are so, so long. And nothing happens. There is no plot. It is, these, they're such slogs to sit through. I tuned out... Like I wasn't trying to. I was watching the movies, and I just, I would, I would find myself like in four and five specifically, just because I think I just was done. I was just done watching these, and I and I had to, and and there were there was chunks of the movies that like I just. It's not that I fell asleep. It's not that I did anything. I just was like, I don't know what I just watched for the last twenty minutes, yeah. and I made the decision not to go back and rewatch. I was like, I'm not. I'm not turning this two hour and 45 yeah, like minute into three hours. Anything, yeah. You know? But it's like, I was just like, I don't know. And especially, especially, you know, like the things about action movies that are supposed to be fun is the action, right? But these action sequences go on and on yeah. and on. And it's just like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Like, it's just, I, and it, I think that if you would have made all of these movies, taken every single one of them and made that final action sequence clock it to 15 minutes like i mean the they, the writing is still bad but like it could have you could have done it for 15 minutes he chooses to make these like hour long sequences and it's just like why and what in your what what in the world is going through your brain that you're like this this is what i have to put on screen like you said it's it's always it's kind of surreal to um to a, so we, we talked in Jurassic Park there's a scene at the very end of I think it's Jurassic Park 2 where it feels like it's about to end and then it keeps going and this is like that but on drugs it's like <laughs> it's like okay we're at the climax they're about to fight for the final thing and the, there's 
55 minutes left and, yeah. and you're like what yeah. we've reached the end of the plot and there's an hour left in the movie and then on top of that and I'm not saying that it's the actor's fault because I kind of put everything on the script and the directing of these movies I think but the acting is so bad and the delivery of all of these shitty lines is so bad. So there and are... It's not that I think... The, the acting is largely bad. I think you're right. There are a couple of performances that I think are, are all right. Okay. I, I don't think you can say the that boss that Sam Witwicky has at his first job in Transformers 3 uh, can be one of those good performances. Yeah, Because no. he looks at that at that girl and he then turns to Sam and says, You can't work here if you dress like a hoochie mama. <laughs> hoochie, I'm, I'm Michael Bay must have petitioned to get the phrase hoochie mama, uh, I, which no one has said since 1984. And and so we and you know I I really I could I mean I could go on and on with like the small dumb stuff about these movies because there's a lot of there's a lot to but what do you, what did you what did you like about them? So I like I said there there are some good performances out of here. I, John Turturro is puts in i think a good performance i like and he's he is he is easily the best part of every movie that he's in yeah he's he's, he's he also great. has some dumb lines yes and <laughs> make him do some dumb shit horrifying close-up of his ass that is absolutely insane um but i think that he's good i think that sir anthony hopkins is good um i think stanley tucci is good uh, John Goodman voices a robot, and he's is good. So I think that there is something there. There are because this is this is not you. This isn't like Paul Thomas Anderson art, right? You this is you're cashing the check. Is this that art? Is, yeah. Is it art? Maybe. I think it is. I think this counts as as art. But I think this is not like highbrow. Like I said, super thematic. Um, you know, this is these actors are here for the check. You attach them on it, and they are, you get to market that. But but they Michael Bay does something. I don't know what it is, but he does something to get them to actually try. Like because we've seen you know Harrison Ford, right? They don't have to do that, but they do at least give it something. So I think that that the, some of these big name actors that they attach to this actually do give pretty good performances. Do you think that Mark Wahlberg's was a good performance? <laughs> One of the problems with acting is it's like if you, if a character says a stupid line, it's like are you a bad actor or are you just saying a bad line? I, so with Mark Wahlberg I don't know, he plays the Mark Wahlberg guy. I think that he's fine. I didn't think he was bad. He says a lot of dumb stuff, but I think that it's dumb like but it's written badly so yeah, yeah to an extent it's like i said it's hard to tell where that starts and where the acting begins i i do think i mean what you can point down to i i know that i said just just a minute ago that i think that the acting is mostly bad because of the scripts and stuff but one of the biggest atrocities i think of this entire thing where it is a situation where they either filmed scenes before like I don't I don't know how it happened but the Irish boyfriend in Transformers 4 he doesn't use his accent 
for most of the movie, but he really lays it on thick in the beginning. And I don't know if they just filmed the end first and they didn't know that they were going to make him Irish. I have no idea. And he's Irish American. He was born in like Colorado. I, I actually, so, so he, you don't find out he's Irish. He, he speaks with the accent. And I remember I paused the movie and looked it up and I was like, Oh, this is an Irish guy. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then he says, I'm Irish. And then later on in the movie, like you said, he, he just slowly phases it out. Yeah. And, and while he's not using it, Mark Wahlberg is still making like Irish jokes to him. And I'm like, I don't understand. Lucky charms. And yeah. And I'm like, so, so at what point did Michael Bay go, you don't need to do the accent anymore, man. Like we're done with it. It's all right. It's It's actually, it's a twist. No one will care. (laughs) And, and I mean, how could you care about really anything in this two hour and 45 minute slog? But the, uh, the Irish boyfriend has one of the most truly mind-boggling scenes in the entire franchise where so it's revealed that Michael Bay uh, Mark Wahlberg's daughter is 17 and this movie has maybe a thousand protective dad jokes where Mark Wahlberg is like oh you can't it's everything he says date my daughter every single thing he says yeah miserable and so what happens is it's revealed that she's 17 and he's 20 and then Mark Wahlberg says, aha, this is illegal. I'm going to call the cops if you keep dating my daughter. And then we get this absolutely insane, like, line-by-line rundown of Texas's age of consent statute. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes. It's, it's <laughs> wild about why actually I'm allowed to date her even though she's 17. It's like, just just write her as an 18-year-old. Yeah. Cut yeah. this out of the movie. <laughs> you wrote it. You can make it up. Or it doesn't. She doesn't have to be 17. Or, or make him 17. You know, like, just make him 17 and maybe, like, dropped out of college. Like, you can... Or high school. You can make... It, it Nothing matters. Nothing matters in this whole franchise. You can scrap everything you could change anything i guess the only thing you couldn't change is bumblebee or optimus primes like names that would be atrocious and megatron but they changed megatron's name they change it to galvatron <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah and optimus it, prime actually gets his name changed to whatever bad guy prime but uh but so in the galvatron is actually really megatron reveal it's this little decepticon that like Ended up becoming a good guy, um, I think, in maybe three, maybe it was in two, I don't know. Um, that little short guy, you know, you know, I'm talking about the sure. blue one. And so he, I guess, during the siege of the the Autobots and the U.S. military controlling them, and like somebody had him, and he was in a cage, and he was forced to like tell them everything about like Megatron's like 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 the, his inner workings or wirings or whatever and that's what they used to make Galvatron and he's the one that fed them all of the information however at a point in time he's freed um and he's joining the Autobots and they begin to fight everything and that's when like all the action starts at no point does he say at, at that point he could have been like hey actually he's Megatron because I'm the one that told him all of that stuff but instead they don't do that. They go on. They're like, how could this be? How? What's? It's so strange that he's kind of like Megatron. And then at the end he goes, yeah, it was Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that did it. And it's like, you say that. Say that at any point in time before you said it. But you chose to do that, which makes the reveal just idiotic. And then 
that made me think of another thing with a small Decepticon. When Megan Fox, also back to Transformers 2, um, she has the Decepticon in that little, like, briefcase mm -hmm. thing. And, or whatever it is, a safe, you know. Um, and then she goes to visit Sam Witwicky at college, and and he's uh, he's being seduced by a by a woman who is a Decepticon. Um, when Megan Fox finds out that woman is a Decepticon, she throws the Decepticon in the box, throws it at her, and like, in what world is that the thing that makes sense? You've been you've been carrying this guy around for a while. Then it's a whole plot point that they have to go get back the Decepticon that she threw at the other Decepticon through a window and it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous it's true <laughs> it's yeah. just ridiculous and I think that there's like a repeated gag where that Decepticon like humps Megan Fox's yes, leg that, that, that is true yeah. <laughs> that is very much a thing Hilarious. right after the dick falling thing like right yeah, after the back to back Michael yeah. Bay doesn't was, he don't miss it's, right, he fires them off like that. Yeah, right in succession. So, so I wanted to bring up something that I think is is uh, defines these movies, and I think has moved to become more common in the modern blockbuster, which is gratuitous product placement. Oh my god! These movies yes. are basically car commercials. <laughs> they are Mercedes Benz commercials, Chevy commercials. Those are the two big offenders that I saw, but. I mean, it's just the entire line of, of Chevy cars is just, it's like I said, it, it's indistinguishable from an ad. Do you remember, did you catch the Bud Light product placement yeah. in 4? Yes, that's where true. Where he is. crashes an alien helicopter or an alien spaceship into a car. A guy's like, hey, you got to pay for this. And he's like, oh, where's the insurance for spaceships? Mark Wahlberg yells at him and then grabs a Bud Light out of nowhere yeah. and then opens it on the dude's car and drinks it and then and then yeah. he like says something about like don't drink and drive it's like it was it was ludicrous and in that same movie when they're like we have the Decepticon technology we can use it to control anything he's like do you want to listen to music on a Beats pill the Beats <laughs> that's the the worst one it's like you said Beats pill and the, the Beats pill takes up quite literally the entirety of the screen and it Hovers over the logo for maybe three seconds. I I was I I the thought this pill is so funny. Is, is is nuts. Every yeah. every one of these movies I think could have. I mean, thank God we're not doing it this way. But I think every one of these movies, if we wanted to get down to talking about what's wrong with them, we could have our podcasts on each one. Yeah, I, it's for sure. It's a, there's so much just absolute ridiculous shit, but. That's why watching Bumblebee, I thought was such a, a breath of fresh air. I had watched five really shitty movies, yeah, and then Bumblebee, you know, it's got a plot, it's got a cute little story of how Bumblebee came to be. Yeah, so this one takes a different. Have you seen Iron Giant? So, yes, but it's been a very very long time. I watched it when I was a kid. Okay, I haven't seen it. Since then, what so I, I will say much. is that it has aged very well, and that is an excellent animated movie. But Iron Giant, it's this sort of kid and a robot thing, and like, and that's like the direction that this takes. So usually you get, um, you know, the the exact same plot in the first five movies. This one is different, lower stakes. You know, it's fine. 
And so this, like I said, is very clearly influenced by the Iron Giant. It, it's clearly trying to take a different direction from the first five movies, clearly trying to make a point to say, look, we're not going to do that anymore. So I'm interested to see. I think there's more in development. Um, I'm interested to see where those will go. I, I, uh, wait, more, more Bumblebee sequels? Or Transformers or, in yeah, general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I think that, you know, I mean, it was just like, it was just refreshing to have, like, I mean, it's, it's one, it clocks in under two hours. Yes. The only one to do that, which, thank God. Um, and it's, and it's just, it's not about the action, which I think is the most important thing. Like, it's not just a movie where we just blow shit up for as long and try try so hard to come up with these long like how can we make this longer that's like that's how what i felt like michael bay was just like what can we do to make this longer maybe we can like maybe we can get more money like as like it like maybe i don't know i have no idea what his thought process guy on the phone i have an idea for a scene where a black robot and a chinese robot have (laughs) a fight yeah like it's i i just but with this movie it was like hey why don't we just tell a story? Like, let, let's just have, you know, like, like a kid, a kid finds a car. It's like Herbie fully loaded, you know, yeah. like it, it's like just something like that. And then, you know, it had some jokes that I thought worked. Um, she but, has a little brother who does karate. I think that the little brother is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 and it's just, it's just kind of cute, you know? Yeah, it's just exactly. Cute. It's like, nice. It's, yes, it doesn't try to be, it just doesn't try to be anything other than what it is, and I think that that's what makes it work. Is like they're then, I, I Michael Bay's name was attached to. He was a producer on it. Um, I hope that he just uh, yeah. shelled out some money, and they were like, I, I hope, I hope to God, because what they, the way they wrote the first five movies, and and maybe the sixth one, was Michael Bay had a writers room of people to come together and help, like they collectively created the story. It wasn't just one guy. Like, it's not like you can be like, hey, Michael Bay was solely responsible for all of this, or this one writer was solely responsible for all this. It's like, there were script writers, or there were people that wrote the screenplay, but they storyboarded it all together. And so, clearly, Michael Bay had a large process of being like, this is what we're doing, this is what we're going to do, and then we're going to go here. And then, I guess, anybody that was like, hey, I have an idea for a funny joke, he was like, yes, we're putting that in. Yeah, we're in and, and if it doesn't work, we'll just put it in anyway. Exactly. And and I, I don't know if there was a similar process with Bumblebee, but I have to imagine that anytime Michael Bay suggested anything, they were like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I think there's like, I think that, I don't think he he must not have been attached creatively meaningfully because this is like different it, all of the things that this movie does right are things that Michael Bay is incapable of doing <laughs> like you said writing a plot telling a joke that's actually funny you know having a character that is anything other than like a one dimensional sex object you know and so I think the, I don't know that maybe his entire philosophy on movies changed over the last two years but I think it's much more likely that they just didn't they, let him do anything. Uh, yeah, they attached him to it out of courtesy, and then, like you said, he was basically kicked out of any sort of decision making. Yeah, um, and and because of that, you get the best movie, but also it grosses the least out of any of them. Um, and I'd like to talk about 
I'd like to change the conversation to how do these movies make money? Yeah. So I'm going to throw some numbers at you, Jacob. Okay. Um, the first one, you know, they they all have pretty similar budgets. The first one was 150 million. The second one was 200 million. The third one's 195, so it goes down a little bit. And then the next one's 210, and then five is 217. So they in. And then Bumblebee was significantly cheaper. It was one thirty-five, the cheapest movie. Um, they all gross insane amounts of money, with the exception of the last two. Um, the two thousand, the Transformers one grossed seven hundred nine point seven million. The second one gets a fifty million dollar budget increase, grosses eight hundred thirty-six point three million dollars. The third one. They'd take it down a notch, and they're like, we didn't need all 200 million of that. Let's go down to 195. That grosses 1.1 billion. The fourth one, two hours and 45 minutes long, grosses 1.1 billion too. A little bit less money technically when you do it all, but it's 1.1 billion dollars for two of them. If they're like some of the worst ones, like and ugh. and then and then five only made. 605.4 million and then Bumblebee makes 467.9 million which is sad because it's the best one but I think that so so what do you think what do you think caused that drop off because if these are catering to what Americans want which or what Michael Bay thinks Americans want and seemingly worked because he made 1.1 billion dollars two times here's what I think I think that before Marvel, this is the, I think, kind of premier blockbuster franchise. And I think that people didn't really know that this is something that they wanted. And then once this sort of itch was scratched, it was like, oh, I see. I like franchise movies with repeating characters that I know and love and that has this nostalgia. And then I think what happened is Marvel comes in with their cinematic universe and makes movies that people actually want to watch and that again like like Bumblebee are funny and have good characters and they create the MCU and I think that people are like oh I'm gonna do this <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Iron Man yeah. because Iron Man is like this but it's good and so uh, bye <laughs> and so that's 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 my theory I think that like people it's like a, I think an example is like with like cable I think if like 10 years ago, if you ask someone if they like cable, I think they'd be like, sure, I like cable. <laughs> and now it's like, cable sucks ass. I hate cable because I can just go on Netflix and do anything I want. But, right. So people didn't know that they didn't like cable. And people didn't know that they didn't like Transformers because they hadn't seen the version of Transformers that's actually good. And so with Marvel, I think Marvel just sort of usurps this. And then once, I think it's, the, what's the Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie? Yeah. That is, I think, the last movie that comes out, and then after that, no Transformers movie ever does well. Th that's fair. And so that's my theory, is that people wanted this, and they got it, and they're like, oh, this is great, and then Marvel did it better, and they just hopped over to Marvel. I actually wrote down, very beginning of this conversation, I... I was like, oh, I want to talk to you about what you think this has to do with, like, or what Marvel plays in this. So it's it's amazing to me that I think you brought this up because I literally wrote down Marvel question to remember to ask you about this. Um, and 
I I mean I can't help but think you're right. Like I mean like that's that has to be it. The only thing that I am curious about though is you know the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie came out in 2008, the year after this, and then I think you know and that was Iron Man, and Iron Man was a hit. I mean. Iron Man's amazing. I actually just watched it the other day. It's great. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorite movies of that, of like one of my favorite genre movies, probably of all time. Um, but then Marvel hit has the Incredible Hulk with like Edward Norton that didn't do well. And then I don't think Iron Man 2 did very well. And like Thor and Captain, like that whole first like wave of Marvel, I think wasn't like received as well as it could yeah, have been. And it, they, they didn't quite get it off the ground. And I think that there was this implication they could, with the post-credit thing where they're going to tie it all together, but I think that they didn't really have the proof of concept and then Avengers comes out and they're like, oh, I see. And so now right. every Marvel movie is like connected, right? And this is obviously the creation of the cinematic universe. But I, like you said, I think um, that before that sort of proof of concept was shown with the Avengers movies... Like you said, they kind of had trouble getting it off the ground, and I think that Transformers, there was still room for it when I, that was happening. The, the only thing, though, where I was going with that was, you know, The Avengers comes out in 2012. Age of Extinction came out in 2014, and I think at the point of The Avengers, like, Marvel was... I think that, that they, they had everybody then, and then they put out numerous movies in 2013 and 2014 that all led up to Age of Ultron in 2015. But, um... It, it just amazes me that Transformers 4 at 2 hours and 45 minutes where you didn't have like Marvel movies are you know 2 hours to 2 and a half hours you know whatever but like you know like like you said they provide they have plot they have characters that are likable they have they, it, it's everything that Transformers wishes it was but so then how does Age of Extinction make 1.1 billion dollars that's just it, I can't wrap my head around it it's almost as long as Avengers Endgame it's 15 minutes shorter than Endgame and Endgame is you know is the the reason that it's the highest grossing movie is because it's 11 years right. 12 yeah, years it of like all of it yeah, together exactly. Yeah, exactly it's the payoff for watching every single Marvel movie to that right. point for watching 22 movies yes. like that is yeah. the payoff um, where Age of Extinction is just they're like, hey, actually, we're getting rid of the entire cast from before. So you don't have any of the same returning characters in terms of Right, you get people. Transformers. I mean, yeah, you yeah. get similar to... But even then, you just get... Trans you just get, I think, Megatron... Or not Megatron, because he's Galvatron. You get Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and maybe a couple other random Autobots. They always... I feel like they're just all interchangeable. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the only time I was like, oh, that's John Goodman. And then the next one, I was like, oh, they got John Goodman back. Like, yeah. good on him. And they added Steve Buscemi. Which is yeah, cool. Which is weird. But but the thing is, so Steve Buscemi plays a robot that looks just like John Goodman's robot, but he doesn't sound like John Goodman, so it's very incongruous. Yeah. It's, very weird. Yeah, and it's it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. But I like Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, love, I lo love him. Um, but so I just can't, I just can't in my head come up with how that movie made $1.1 billion. It has no right to be as long as it is. It has no right to be that profitable so here is one thing i don't so you have the total gross do you have the chinese gross because this movie has an extended sequence in china the chinese government plays a role like a positive role 
dare I say this movie is a direct endorsement of the Chinese government and the the last action sequence has a Chinese character who is like a badass and she kicks ass and it takes place like I said in China and 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 I think that that that's like a market that they were courting with these and I think that there is a chance I don't know how it shifts over the course but I think there's a chance that the Chinese market could play a role in that so you you're completely right Guess. Guess how much it made in the U.S. Um, this one specifically? This one specifically. Um, okay, on a one... And now I feel like i got to go back and look at the domestics <laughs> for all of them, but... On a 1.1, we'll say 500 million. No. Yeah. Half of that. Wow. 245 million domestic. 858 million Good international. gracious. Wow. I, uh... Damn. <laughs> I, I had... I had no idea. Um... I'm, I have to find out the specifically the Chinese box office for Transformers 4. And this is... See, this is another thing. This is something that you, we do now. With these box office movies, you market to China. And you market to these other movie-going countries. And you try and expand your gross that way. Because Americans don't go to the movies as much as they used to. It is not a, as much of a cultural mainstay as it was when our parents were growing up. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, that this is the way that, that you start to recoup this investment in a different way is to market to these international markets and 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 the Chinese gross is is such a big part of that. So you're you're right there. So I can't find an exact number right now. I'll definitely look it up once this ends. But uh, it at the time that it came out, um, Transformers Four was the box office champ. It, it unseated Avatar in China, um, hauling in over three hundred million. So. Um, that's that's crazy. It, I mean, yeah. it did. So I mean, literally, at least a, a third of that money, or most of yeah, basically a third of the money came from China, which was more money brought in than the United States. Holy shit, that's insane. I mean, look at look at you. You didn't even look it up. I you knew. I just, you just guessed. I just knew. Oh, <laughs> uh, so if we had to, I think Bumblebee should be canon. We just make Bumblebee canon, and if we had to take the rest of the movies out. Okay. And you and I had to create like a good Transformers movie cuz these aren't these are bad. They're bad. And it's and it's bad because I think they lack a compelling story. There's no compelling story. Like it's just here's one thing that happens and we'll tell it to you over 2 hours and 2 and a half hours. Like we'll t- we'll tell this one thing and just really beat fucking action scenes into your head and explosions and CGI which I do think looks great I do think the CGI in these movies is awesome and well yeah well like as well executed as it, yeah, yeah yeah it's as well as it can be for you know w- what it is and and for the amount of money they have it's not surprising um, but but they lack everything else so obviously if you have obviously we can say hey get a writer that can actually make jokes sure but like what how could what 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 can we do to create a compelling story? I think the problem with the stories in a lot of these movies is that they the the protagonist is never a transformer; it's always a human, and it is never they never do a good job of trying to tie the Autobot Decepticon conflict to the humans. It's always sort of this awkward thing where the Autobots and Decepticons are fighting to either kill the humans or save the humans, but it's never clear why they care about the humans so much. Yeah. And so I think that 
um, you you need to be able to like make the humans be a part of the story and a part of their conflict which has to take place on earth because like y- it needs to be human beings otherwise it's just like an animated movie yeah and so i think that that is like the place to start and i and like so with bumblebee it's the decepticons make contact with the humans and trick them into thinking that actually the autobots are the bad guys and so it's the the reason that the humans are involved in the conflict is because the decepticons are using human technology to hunt the autobots and so that involves the humans because the humans have been betrayed and so that i is like the starting point i think is you have to there has to be some conflict that involves the decepticons and autobots but the humans have to be involved in a meaningful way too and and so so okay so if we do this let's just say it's a sequel to to Bumblebee, which I would probably is going to get one and deserves one. But if we can make uncanonize the the first all of anything Michael Bay touches, sure, we'd be like we're ignoring that. I think that that's a good starting off point because now you have you already have that right, like you already have humans being betrayed by that. So then you could probably start the next movie with um, Optimus Prime comes to Earth because we know that Bumblebee is trying to defend the Earth to set up for the Autobots to come after their war. Right, because there's there's some dialogue in there on um, on Cybertron in the in the beginning of the movie, and then the Decepticons come, right, and like you said, and now we have a reason for the Autobots and Decepticons to fight. It continues the story that was already uh, put forth, and now the humans care to fight off the Decepticons, and the Autobots have a discernible connection to the humans because they helped them fight off the Decepticons in the earlier movie. And so I, I think that like it's a very obvious place for a sequel. Um, go ahead. What do you think the what's the what's the what do you make the Decepticons like goal? Because like like what's the main conflict? I think that like the the it, they they just want to wipe out the Autobots in the earlier one. In in the in the in the Bay movies, there's always a, 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 a there's some, like object, some object, a yeah. weapon. You know, and I think, I think that there probably does have to be something because I think just like Autobots fight Decepticons is, is probably not enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. And like you said, I don't know what the the canon of the Transformers is. I feel like I feel like what we could do, but that's that's what I think makes this fun. What we can, what we could do though, is we could make it so that they learn something about like what we were talking about Indiana Jones, right? Indiana Jones is always you have to get the object before the other people, before the bad guys, right? So you could do a sim- similar thing here, but make it, like, based in American stuff. Maybe maybe they okay. find out about... Maybe they don't have atom bombs or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Like, maybe that's, like, the Decepticons are trying to, like, get, like, human ma- stuff. Or maybe it's... A, maybe bring it religious. Maybe they find out about the Holy Grail, and they can control the world with Merlin's staff. I think that Merlin's staff one actually could have gone somewhere and then just didn't. Because um, instead of it being like a wizard thing, they were just like, they were like it's a transformer thing right. that we gave to a wizard. But you could do something. See, yeah, I thought that that didn't work when it's like, oh, by the way, all of these things that you thought, that, you know, like all of history is transformers. And I think, like you said, because with Bumblebee, it's like you have a distinct moment Here's when the Transformers got to Earth, and now we know. And like you said, we've cleared it up. There's right. no prehistory. No one else is here. No one else has made contact. It's just him. And so, like you said, so maybe it's a nuclear bomb. Maybe it's, you know, some sort of 
other technology that they don't have. Maybe there is like, I'm not sure, some other, like you said, historical thing that, that ties the, to, to humanity in a way that I think is interesting. Natural resources is one. They do that in a little bit in the first, you know, I thought it was interesting. There was, there was one where they say, we're coming after humanity's greatest resource. And I was like, oh, they're going to do a climate change thing. And then they're like, no, it's slaves. <laughs> and I was like, well, well I, that was very logical that it would be a climate change thing. Like, that's one. Maybe, maybe they begin to lose power and they need fuel. And so they get fossil fuels or electricity or, or something like that. And then that of course brings humanity into it because it's our resources too yeah yeah i like that i like that a lot also uh, also another thing i was thinking is like you could probably have some kind of um like they like we have technology right um but they're clearly a superior technology and so maybe like they know a way to like utilize our technology in ways that we don't even know that's like more i mean i mean you could this, I don't yeah, know. I don't that's, know. Like, that's, like the, but that's no. The, I, I get what you're saying because in Bumblebee, the Decepticons use the, they combine their power, yes, with our existing satellite network, and that allows them to do something new. So yeah. I, I, do, I do think that that would be a logical jumping off point as well. Yeah. So so have that have climate change and then have the Autobots be like, listen, no. Yeah. And and then also end it. Exactly. End it with that. Yeah. End it just like keep the action yeah. sequences tight, like you said, yeah. under two hours. And the Autobots beat the Decepticons, kick them off Earth, and then they're like, "We've saved Earth now," and they don't have to be these ever-lasting protectors of Earth because then you just get, oh, what more Decepticons? Shit, Autobots yeah, it's just, beat them, and, and it's just, it just it it's the same so thing. Old. It's yeah. just tiring. Yeah. And 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 then for whatever reason, you know, they think it's okay to make them longer and longer and longer yeah. and they're like we're did we change the story no yeah go yeah exactly <laughs> so i think that i think that that's really the thing is like i needed one transformers movie and i didn't get the one i needed because michael bay can't do it but like you only need one telling of that story yeah. you just need one and it's and it can be megatron and it can it, fuck you could make it long if it's interesting like you could make it a big deal but just end it end it with one so don't make it, don't drag it out in conclusion here i wanted to talk about uh, there's like a this is a fact that i learned about transformers as a franchise not even as a film franchise that i think speaks to i i, I don't know something um did you know that the transformers toys predate the transformers tv show i i I think I've always known that. I don't so I I don't know where I got that knowledge, but I I, I learned that recently. And the Transformers TV show is basically just a commercial. It's basically just a commercial for the toys, and that and other similar shows in the 80s were essentially deemed to be so predatory and the advertisement was so overt that laws were changed so that you can't do that. You cannot have <laughs> A TV show just be a essentially a half hour long advertisement. You have to actually have content, and and specifically when it's aimed at children, you have to be able to actually, um, you know, make it a real show as opposed to like I said, just a, just an advertisement. And I think that like this sort of grotesque, hyper corporate capitalist, just money making investment that you get here, just like all of I think the worst elements of. <laughs> of everything you yeah. know and 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 that's sort of the thing that represents transformers preying on kids and getting them to pressure their parents to 
spend money, you know, and like I feel like that spirit is here in these movies. That's I mean that makes sense. It makes sense because I and I I mean I'd be well, I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm not interested in it because I don't care about Transformers. But I, I'm sure that these became... I mean, we were, what, 13, I think, when the first one came out? So we were largely in high school. So we're, we're not the market of... We weren't the market for, like, these kids are going to buy toys, right? right? Like, we weren't going to do that. But I, I'm sure that there was a large toy push. And, you know, I mean... Merchandise. Yeah, yeah I'm, sure so. that, I'm sure it was a fucking hit. <laughs> and, yeah, no doubt. Oh, so, do you have any final thoughts on the Transformers? <laughs> I think that, like, as bad as these movies are, and as irredeemable artistically, I think that Michael Bay has a vision. Because these are not, like, we. I just got done calling these commercials, but, like, Michael Bay thinks that this is cool. Michael Bay he thinks does. that those jokes are funny. Michael Bay thinks that the CGI makes a good movie. Michael Bay is uninterested in the plot, but Michael Bay thinks that at least the explosions and the slow motion and the sweaty running around, Michael that's like Michael Bay's vision of the world and like or at least of what he wishes the world was. And I think that like there's something there. I do think that these are like like turning a microscope on Michael Bay's brain. That's like Transformers. And so I think that in a way these are almost you asked earlier, are these art? And I think that that makes these art. These are Michael Bay's artistic expression of the world around him. Even though they're insane and terrible and really strange and, you know, problematic in a thousand other ways, I think that, like, that these are ultimately, like, an artistic expression of, of something... So I think, uh, like I said, and I don't know what you take from that. And they're still bad, so (laughs) I don't even know that you care. But I do think that these get a little bit of credit because Michael Bay is, is, is at least, like I said, trying to execute the artistic vision that exists in his brain, even though his brain is, I think like completely rotten you know so <laughs> that's that's knows? the best that's the best way i think to describe it i uh you know at a point in time i've i've never seen a bad boys movie and and i was uh at a point in time i was like maybe we'll do that on the podcast and we will i'm sure at some point we will we'll have to yeah um but i i wonder because I've never seen a Bad Boys movie, and that's, like, what gave Michael Bay his start, pretty much, I wonder how similar the Transformers model is in comparison to that, to those movies. Like, I want... Because I know that they're supposed to be funny, and they're action movies. And they're Michael Bay action comedies. That's what they are. And I... And people love them. Like, to the point that they just rebooted it now. Like, like fucking almost 25 years later I think the first one came out in 95 so like you know it's 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 clearly it's, it's clearly something there's clearly some formula that he has where he that works somehow and I don't and just seeing the Transformers movie and his you know involvement in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. like like reboots I don't know how it works <laughs> I don't is, know the formula there is yeah there is something that speaks to the American movie like viewing population that he understands. 
I don't know what it is. Like you said, you don't know what it is. Yeah. And it's not it's not for cinephiles. Yes. It's and, <laughs> yeah, people are you know, people want to know what it is so that they can make these movies that make money. But like there is something about it that he gets. The American mind, Michael Bay has this understanding of and it's it maybe it's like he doesn't even know maybe michael bay is just one of those people who just like got elevated to this point and he just like maybe he doesn't even know that he is one like like if like a like a gas station attendant was like i'll make a movie like would it be different than this you know and so i think that like maybe michael bay is like unconsciously just knows everything that an American wants to watch in a movie. You're a little bit hurting my feelings talking about a gas station attendance when you know damn well that sorry, Kevin that Smith was... is my favorite director and he was a gas station attendant and then made a movie about gas station attendants, Clerks, which is now in the Library of Congress. Yes, so... I was being classist, you're right. <laughs> by, uh, yokel in some way, not necessarily gas station attendant, you know. No, yeah, I, I'm just missing. Forgive me. But, uh... I'm going to go ahead and throw my ranking out here. Okay. And I'm curious as to what yours is. But uh, I think this is the worst franchise that we've seen by, by like, a long shot. And I thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, had some rough moments, but but this is this one's way worse. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to put this – I'm going to say it's a 2 out of 10. I think it's a 2. And I think that it should be lower than that. I think that a 2 is generous. I think Bumblebee is what makes it a 2. And that's what I think the Bumblebee's a saving grace okay. of the of the whole franchise. Um I'm gonna say three. One one star up, um and I don't really know why and I can't put it into words. There's something <laughs> hypnotic about these and maybe like maybe my brain has completely melted maybe the things my my taste in movies has uh is one of the brain cells that I lost. Um, I don't know, but uh, I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna give it a three, just a little bit better. I but still, yes, by far I would say this is well by far, it's very bad. And Texas Chainsaw is also bad. So Texas Chainsaw just had more good movies. Texas Chainsaw had one good movie, and then it had some movies that I thought were genuinely enjoyable to watch. Yeah. These were not. Well, with the exception and of these Bumblebee, are merciful. Texas Chainsaw is merciful. 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's 90 minutes of trash. Fine. 90 yeah. minutes. I and can some, live some with that. Of, I think the Leatherface, that last one was like 80 minutes. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, Not even. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, thank well, God. In and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drive you, through. This is like, lad, we'll see that and raise it two more hours. Yeah. Just, j just because. <laughs> um. So that concludes Transformers. And, you know, obviously if they make a new one, we'll do it and do an episode about it. And but maybe it'll be better because uh, yeah. they've gotten rid of Michael Bay. That's so true. perhaps there is, there is a, you know, there's light a world at the end where, of the tunnel. Yeah, there's a world where maybe it can take off. I wonder if Bumblebee is meant to, un, to be like a completely new canon because it does dir dir contradict. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But I... I there's a part of me, there's a large part of me that's like, there's no way they thought of that. But it also references the other it, movies. It does, yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but um, but we're done with Transformers for a while, at least. Yes. But uh, but we're gonna start. You know, we mentioned at the end of the last last episode, we're gonna start our Christmas series now. So, um, we're gonna start with Die Hard. Um, then we'll do Home Alone, which will feature our first guest on the podcast. Um, 
But uh, but I'm excited about Die Hard. Have you seen any Die Hard movies before? No, I haven't either. I've 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 always seen it as a uh, whenever I look up like Christmas movie lists. I love Christmas. Christmas is hands down my favorite holiday and my favorite thing about it. Well, that maybe not my favorite, but one of the things I love about it is watching all the corny Christmas movies. Fucking put on all of those Vince Vaughn ones, Fred Claus, Fred Claus. Four Christmases. I recently watched Christmas with the Cranks. I just got that. I'm ready I'm ready to watch it. Have you seen ever seen it? I haven't seen it in a, since I was maybe in middle school, so I don't remember it at all. But uh, It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I I just love I love corny Christmas movies, but Die Hard's always on the list. It's always on this Christmas movie list, and I know it's just because it's set on Christmas Eve, and I think the second and maybe the third one are also set on Christmas Eve. So they're not really Christmas movies, but I'm ex- I'm excited about it. I'm excited to watch Die Hard for the first time and see Bruce Willis. Me too. Be a badass. So I guess with that, uh, thank you for tuning in to what is i think maybe our longest episode certainly in a while very Look, fitting for the transformers franchise say about transformers uh, yeah. and uh thank you for if you watch these movies i'm sorry if you're just listening to the podcast thank you for staying with us till the end and we'll see you in two weeks for die hard thank you